My friend Ben Jerome pinged me and said, hey dude, get on this clubhouse thing and check it out. It's great, it's amazing. It's really led to a lot of good connections. So I decided, hop on here and on the spot, on demand, record a podcast that same day and get it produced immediately and have it up and running within 48 hours on Spotify, on Apple, on Google to share with your friends and family. So that's what this is all about. You are the star. Welcome to the Tia Morell Show, starring Tia Morell. I'm Phil Brothers, and I'll be the host, but today, Tia, you are the star. Did I say your name correctly? You did, but something I totally forgot was I'm now Tia Baldwin. Oh, I keep forgetting I got married. (laughs) Tia Baldwin. All right. Well, then uh, we're just going to roll with this anyway. Congratulations on being married recently. Tell us about that. Thank you. It was perfect day. We got married a couple of weeks ago that towards the end of August, and it was a nice intimate, small ceremony with just our grandparents and parents. And then we had a larger reception at my parents' house in their backyard. It was very casual and easygoing, stress-free. And so for me, that was the perfect day. And you're not one to uh, want like all the fancy festivities and all the extravagant happenings or what? No, that is not for me. I slightly got talked into even having as much as we did, but I am so glad that we did because it was just great to get both of our families together and meeting because honestly, I feel like the only time that big groups of people come together are for either weddings, happy events, or unfortunate things like funerals. And so making sure we get everybody together for a happy event was important. And I'm glad that my husband talked me into it and made me recognize that. You're not just going to sneak out in the back alley and get married. You're going to have to at least celebrate a little bit. Is that the talk into? Well, he agreed he would have been fine to going to the courthouse, um, but having a party or a reception later. And then my sister and mom were like, you, I know you Tia, you're going to want those pictures, those memories of the ceremony as well. And they told me if I show up that day, they would plan it. And so I was like, I can't lose there. And so part of the, maybe the daunting or the challenging is like all the planning and all the details is like, that is exhausting. I don't even want to think about it. And so they alleviated that concern. Is that right? Exactly. I am not one for the overwhelming details of everything like that because I do get overwhelmed and I take it on as stress. And so I told them I just wanted it all to be stress-free as possible. The more decisions that I find myself having to make, the more stressed I get, even like the most simple things like, all right, what what do we want? Like meal planning this week. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I want to deal with it. Like we're just, we're recording a podcast right now. Like don't talk to me about what's happening tomorrow or the next day. Does that sound familiar? That sounds very familiar. I'm that person that's like, what's my next step? Not what is my biggest goal over there. I mean, I have those big goals, but I just need to focus on the next step, not the next 30. Yes, I, I can relate to that. And so, okay, back to the wedding thing. So on your wedding day, you had uh, a little funny story that you were sharing with me. What's uh, what's that all about? Yes. So we wanted the backyard reception to be casual and fun. And so we're like, let's have yard games. And I was like, we're inviting kids, so let's have a bouncy house. And then day of the wedding, we get there. And before too many people started arriving, I like looked at my husband and I was like, Austin, we've got to get in this bouncy house. And he was like, in your dress, are you sure? And I was like, 100% we're getting in here. 
I didn't, we didn't rent this bouncy house for no reason. Let's do it. And it was a lot of fun. We're putting this beast to use. Yes. I like that. And so any, any video or pictures or was just like the, the YouTube moment? <laughs> there was videos and pictures. My sister was taking them because she's like, of course you're in here. And then my niece came in and that was a lot of fun too. Bounced with her. She loved it. I dig that. All right. So I have a request then sometime in the next month or two, one of those pictures or videos shows up on Instagram. How about that? Deal. Yes. I dig it. Okay. And so obviously you're a little bit weird, a little bit quirky. What you're saying of like, Hey, I'm uh, my wedding dress, but we're freaking doing this. Uh, <laughs> what are some other things that are kind of quirky or, or unique about yourself that you were telling me about earlier? I am the type of person, especially in my family to just throw really big questions out there at people. And when they just want to like sit there and watch TV together or just hang out, I'll ask them deep questions. Like I looked at my mom one night and I was like, what does it mean to have it live an extraordinary life to you? And she just looked at me and she answered and I kept deep diving in a little deeper, trying to get more out of her because she was very short with her answers. And she was like, can't we just hang out and chill and watch this TV? <laughs> I was like, Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll take some off. So it feels like almost like your mom is like the way that you're viewing, like making lots of decisions. Like it was like, okay, this is overwhelming digging this deep. Like I'll give you one, but I ain't trying to give you 10. That's a good point. I never actually thought of it that way or viewed it that way. There we go. Yes. Un there we go. Uncovering the nuggets there. You are. I love it. So what about dad jokes? I, I love dad jokes. I just love like, quirky jokes like that too. I am so obsessed with them that I have on my notes app on my phone, I have a list of just the running jokes that are my favorites. So I don't forget them. Or if I'm ever in a situation where I feel like this person needs to hear all of my jokes, I've got them there. Well, that situation is right now. So why don't you share a dad joke with us? Okay. Would you rather eat a baby goat or a matter baby? Matter baby. So I'm guessing that you're going to say, what's a matter baby? <laughs> And then you're going to say, nothing's the matter. What's the matter with you? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that jokes for the win. I love that as well. Let's get into your book because you did not always expect to be a, an author by any stretch. Tell, tell us some about that. That is a hundred percent true. I remember being in second, third grade in elementary school and getting pulled out of class one day. And going to the special ed room and then being sit down, sat down and told that my reading and writing skills are not up to par for my classroom and that I have a learning disability and it's going to take me a lot longer and it's going to be a lot more challenging for me to read and write. And I just, I took that narrative on very strongly. I really embodied that throughout my whole career of school. I absolutely dreaded school. I didn't want to show up and try my best because I didn't, I never thought that my best could ever align to what people were wanted from me or expected from me. And recently this last year, my, one of my co-hosts of the podcast, Julie came up to me and she was like, I've been talking to this lady, uh, Renee. She, when you were doing a consultation with her for health coaching, she just felt this book inside of you. And it's because Renee's a writer and she's like, and we want to help you write it. And at first I kind of just brushed it off. I was like, oh, okay. Ignored sure. it. Right. Big wink. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they kept kind of approaching me with it again. And they're like, seriously, I think we can do this. And I like finally told them, I was like, I'm just, I'm not a writer. I 
just recently, couple last couple of years, got into reading for enjoyment. And I was like, I'm just slow at it. I'm not, I can't do it. And they're like, well, then let's work on this narrative and let's get this book out there because you have it in you. I know you do. And so they really helped me rewrite that internal story. I was telling myself about what kind of student I was. And now this book got published at the beginning or middle of June of 2021. And I couldn't believe it. So, so much to the point where I didn't really talk about it when I was writing the process, like in the process of it very much. Like I told my friends and family, like, mm, I'm writing a book and they're like, oh, cool. And then a couple months later, I got the book in the mail and I was like, I wrote this book. And my husband, fiance at the time was like, holy crap, wait, you actually wrote a book? I know you talked about it in passing, but like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't something that it's like a dream, like 10 years later, I was expecting to pop up later, but like, it's right here in your hand. Yes, exactly. That's fab. And so what's the name of the book? Obsessed with Mindful Eating. And so it's really just a heart-centered approach to nutrition and taking responsibility for your health. Beautiful. And so take me back to the, the learning disability message that has delivered to you. You embodied it because that's what the message that you received within. And so how, what were some of the steps that as you were coming out of that? I mean, obviously, Julie had a big part in that. Renee had a big part in that of like, snap out of this girl. This isn't you. Um, but what were some maybe other steps that, that led to that point of realization? Um, really taking a look at like, what am I doing on a daily basis? I have been keeping a journal for years. I take notes in my phone whenever I feel inspired or hear something that I just really resonates with me. And I was thinking about, it, I was like, oh, maybe I do write. Maybe I could be a writer and pulling all this resources that I've already put out there and just putting into one place and really just taking the time to show up. Even when I don't feel like I have anything to offer, sit down in front of my computer and, you know, you can't edit a blank page. So get something down and so then you can work towards making it better and being okay with showing up messy. That was something that I had to recognize that, you know, perfect is not, not a thing. It's not real in this life. And if I don't show up messy, I'm not going to show up at all. So just show up the best I can make a mess of it and we can fix it. <laughs> which is, we were talking about improv a little bit, and that is the principle of, of improv, is like, we're here, let's do what we gotta do, right? Right, and it's funny you say that, because I was talking to my husband a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, I don't know why, but I kind of feel like we should try improv. I feel like that I, I've never done it, and that terrifies me to get up on a stage and have nothing planned, because I am that person who is, here's my agenda, here's all the things I need to get done today, and I love having a plan love having a plan before the wedding. Even I sat down with my mother-in-law, my mom, my sister, and my husband. And I was like, I just want to have a plan for the next 48 hours. Exactly. What time do I need to be where? What's going to happen? <laughs> and they're all like, okay, calm down. <laughs> yes. And I can relate to that as well. We went camping one time and we're sitting there and again, I'm just newly married as well. And so I'm getting used to how the family works and interacts. And, and they've got like, my wife has eight siblings and then everybody's got kids. I mean, it is a large plethora of humans in one spot. And I'm like, I'm very similar to what you described, especially with mine. I've got six of my kids. She's got two of hers. We put them together. So it's like, you can't, you can wing it, but like when you wing it, then there's way more chaos in the picture. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, are we doing lunch at noon? Like one, like, I don't have to know, like at 12, 
you know, oh, two, we're doing this, but is it going to be two, 12? Is it going to be three? A at least give me an idea so I know what to expect. And they were just, everyone, they just got like mad at me. They're like, chill out, dude. Like, let's just go with the flow. And I'm like, woo, I don't know about all that. Yes, I am that same way. I feel like when someone tells me to go with the flow, that like alarm goes off in my head and I'm like, alert, alert, you are in danger. <laughs> Even yeah. though I truly am not, but that's right. just the way I internalize it. You're going to go with the flow with my backhand because I ain't doing that. Yes. So another quick nugget on the uh, the improv. So I've got a friend, Jessica RJ. She owns an improv theater in Austin, Texas. And I actually had her on my other podcast called Phil Brothers Journey. And she is fantastic. She lays out some great principles in that. But you want to experience growth as a human being and as like a communicator. That is exactly what you guys need to do. So I look forward to hearing the stories of when you and Austin start doing improv. <laughs> and that's exactly it is I want to continue growing as a human being. I want to, and I know that that is one of my biggest fears is like public speaking and especially public speaking without a plan. And so I'm like, well, if that's my biggest fear, like crap, Tia, you've already spoken into the universe. You better do it eventually. Exactly. Right. Now back to that. Cause you hit on that. I got to, got to roll with that. So ultra speaking is another thing I did with the public speaking course online. And that is the premise is you get out there. You don't have a script. You don't even have bullet points. Like you just start talking because you're Tia. You have something meaningful to say. You have meaningful experiences that you can tap into when you just relax. Don't, mm -hmm. put, don't put undue pressure on yourself and then let it flow. Right. It's not going to be perfect at first. Exactly. And it's not supposed to be perfect at first, right? It's, it's a rough draft for a reason. It's rough. It's not the perfect draft. You know, one gets a perfect draft the first time. Precisely. So into rough drafts and writings and things of that nature, some of your inspiration that you were talking about is Glennon Doyle and her book Untamed. And yes. Lay, lay that out for those of us who are not familiar with that. I love this book. I think every especially female person identifying as female should read this book because it just talks about stepping into your authentic self and rewriting the narrative that you grew up with. Because a lot of the times what we grew up with or grew up thinking who we are isn't the narrative that really resonates to our true self. And so rewriting the story and questioning those stories that we currently have, because is this really my story or is this the story that my family, my peers, my media, the, you know, anybody teachers out there that gave me that story. And I just held on to it as if it was mine, even though it hasn't served me and learning to let go of that and be kind of shape yourself rather than have everybody around you shape you or have the universe, you know, just really tap into your true authentic self and deep knowings. So clearly that happened with you in the lear learning disability narrative. And then I, now I'm an author. What, what's another example that stands out to you of how you kind of tapped into that, that self-worth or that I have something to bring in and, and offer here. What else has that been? So many things. So I think definitely my career, especially, and stepping into realizing that just a typical nine to five office job after I went to college wasn't my route. I thought that it was the safe route. And so safe comfort, that's where I wanted to be all the time. And tapping into the, what do I actually want to do? What do I enjoy doing? What lights me up? What gives me energy? Because I would show up to work every day and like I would drink 10 cups of coffee because I it would drain my energy. And then that coffee in turn would 
make me really anxious because I would have so much caffeine in my system. And then it just, it was a cycle for me and really showing up in my worth with where I am today with like relationships, relationships with my family and with my husband now, because I was in a very toxic, unhealthy relationship for most of my college life and a little bit thereafter. And so tapping into my deep knowing and worth was me actually getting the courage to leave that comfort zone, even though it was unhealthy, it was comfortable. It was something that was known to me. So it was really hard for me to get out of there and actually do the work on myself that I knew that I did deserve deep down. At the time, I wasn't 100% sure that I was worthy of it, but I did know that there was something in me calling for more. And I'm glad that I stepped into that calling and decided to figure out who is Tia at her core? What does she enjoy? What does she love? And just run with it and go for it as best I could. I dig that. And so back to the leaving the toxic relationship, what were some maybe conversations or some inspirational moments that you were using to kind of build your courage to be able to, to do that? What did that look like? Podcasts and books really helped me. I remember um, that was when I first started. I found Jay Shetty in the On Purpose podcast and tapping into being more intentional with my life because I was very... I was unintentional. I was unconsciously going through my days just because it was comfortable and trying to find that comfort each day and not seek growth by any means because I was, I was sleeping, so to speak. I was not awake to what could be. I was just following the rules of what I thought the people around me needed. And part of that toxicity was me too. Of course, I, I know I played a big role in that. And so being able to own that and then knowing, recognizing that I wanted to find a therapist and start talking through this stuff because I didn't feel comfortable speaking to it about this stuff to the people in my life at that time. And so finding the courage to actually get up, leave and be the person, become the person that I knew I could be and wanted to be was just a small steps of all those things, books, podcasts, therapy. And then one day I just (laughs) <laughs> on a Tuesday morning, I woke up and I was like, nope, I'm going home. I called into work that day for mental health day. I packed up my car, went to my parents' house. They were in Hawaii at the time. And I just spent the week in their house, just trying to regroup and figure out what do I do with my life now? And that was probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. That's powerful, girl. So that almost sounds like an eat, pray, love kind of experience. Like I'm just taking this week and I'm just going to freaking figure some stuff out. Right. Right. And tapping into that uncomfortableness of like, I had no idea what I was going to do. I was 24. I was upset that I was moving back home. I felt like I was taking this huge step back, but something deep in me was telling me, no, this is the next step for you. And within the next couple of months, I could feel myself just, there was this weight lifted and there was this connection with who I am that I didn't know that I even lost at first. And now looking back at it, I, I applaud my past self for making those uncomfortable choices to move back home. And I am so grateful that I did move back home because I'm here today in this very moment, talking to you on Phil Brothers. And I just, I can't believe that I'm here. I can't believe this is my life. It's just, it feels surreal. 
And to to recognize that, like, I'm a badass. Like, I did this. It was not easy, but like, mm-hmm. I am a hero to myself and celebrating that. That's an important aspect of that as well, right? Exactly. And just celebrating my worth every day and making sure I continue to step into my worth and going back to, you know, trying new things and getting myself uncomfortable. That is me knowing that I am stepping in my worth. I'm not supposed to be comfortable every day. I'm supposed to be safe, but I think I, for the longest time, confused uncomfortable and unsafe. I thought they were the same thing. And can you unpack that a little bit more when we compare unsafe with uncomfortable? How does that kind of jive together? Yes. So this was Dr. G on our podcast who talked about resilience. And she really helped me unpack the fact that because I have a like I still to this day struggle with my anxiety. It's something that I continue to work on every day. And so now I look at it when I start to feel anxious, I ask myself, am I uncomfortable or am I unsafe? And the difference is, is my life threatened at this moment? Because when I have anxiety, my body, I embody that anxiety as I need to run. I'm about to die. And that's not true. A lot of times I'm just uncomfortable because I've never been in this position before. And uncomfortable is good. This is where I grow. I want to be uncomfortable. Of course, I always want to be safe. I want my life to be safe. <laughs> that that makes sense. And it, an interesting thing too, in the way you say, like, I want to be uncomfortable, but then I'll speak for myself, but, but I don't want to be uncomfortable, but I know yes. I should be uncomfortable. And it's that inner battle that you have to, to keep wrestling with. Does that sound right? A hundred percent. And I think that, I mean, for myself, especially too, I can get so busy with doing stuff all the time that I, I fall into that being my comfortability. And so I need to step back and really ask myself, and this is something I'm doing this week currently ask myself, okay, where, where can I see that I want to grow more? Because I can feel myself this last couple of months getting caught up in the wedding planning and getting caught up and staying busy with all of that, that I didn't really feel like I was growing as much as I could be. Yeah. My, so my therapist had mentioned, and I, and I'd say to him, I was like, without you, dude, I would literally be like sucking my thumb in a ditch somewhere, like completely lost. And I really leaned on him during my divorce and, and afterwards. But one of the things he said to me was you are becoming a human doing, and mm-hmm. I want you to settle into being a human being. You don't have to mm-hmm. earn some kind of badge of worth or whatever that is. And I can see myself in that busyness as you're describing. I'm like, I can gravitate to that pretty naturally. Right. I can too, because, and that's also kind of why I wrote the book, like obsessive mindful eating, because I always need to remind myself to be present, be in this moment and stop trying to do, do, do just be, be here and breathe and be present with full awareness, full embodied awareness. Like feel all of my senses And really, because this is where life happens, right? Like life happens in the moment. It doesn't happen down the road. It happens today, right now. And so I want to be fully present for it. I want to enjoy this one life I have and make the best of it as typically, well, the best I can. Yeah. And and so that's, that's fantastic. And I I agree with that. It makes sense to me. Uh, So let's go back. Let's rewind way back in the day with, uh, with Shelby and getting uh, the, the saw and the camping lay that out for us and let us know. <laughs> so my sister and I, um, Shelby, we used to go camping with my grandparents all the time. And I mean, we were 10, 12 years old. This was before we had like all of this technology to keep ourselves entertained. And so we'd walk around these campgrounds, explore, try different things. 
And we walked past this big pile of wood and there was one of those saws. You could go back and forth with one person on each end. And we're like, this is a great idea. Let's cut some wood for fire. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were going at it and I was like, well, this is going nowhere. Let's keep on doing it, but I'm going to throw my leg up on here and try to like add some more momentum to this. Of course, when I did that, it worked. The, the piece of wood split with also this was like a small tree branch. This wasn't even like a big piece of wood that we're, we're not talking about like a, a 12 foot, like around. Right. Okay. We are 10 and 12 years old and it comes up the other side of the piece of wood comes flying at me, hits me in the head. I go on the ground and I just lay there. My sister is dying laughing. We turn around and there's this couple that walks by and just saw the whole thing. And they're laughing because they, they knew I was okay. It wasn't that big of a deal, but they were just laughing at like two small girls just trying to do this job that they've never done before. Like these silly kids and they're like <laughs> shaking their head. So that reminds me of like your neighbors probably looking out their window and like shaking their head at what happens <laughs> in the parking lot at the apartment. Tell me about that. Yes. So our parking lot at the apartment is rather small and to get in and out like easily, like you just, you have to back in. And I, I don't like driving. Like growing up, my mom had to trick me into getting my driver's license. <laughs> what she was the trick? I, lunch, food. <laughs> <laughs> Bribery. Yes. And so, by the way, I did pass that test first time, which is shocking because you should see the way I park now. But <laughs> I try to do this 90 degree back in and I just cannot get it. I have to go forward and reverse, go forward and reverse countless times to the point where I'm like, this is so embarrassing. I see all these windows around me. I know that people are watching me because I would be watching me and probably laughing too. And so I just, and then it makes me panic even more. And then (laughs) (laughs) more pressure, more pressure. Yes. And then I really can't do it. (laughs) And so are there ever times where you're like, I'm done. And you just like get out in like Austin parks or what? I have done that before. Yes. I will like, I'm coming around in front of the building. I need you to park my car. I can't do it. <laughs> He's just like, Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, but then I, I imagine with, again, your personal growth, like draw is like, I'm going to do this even if it's a thousand times. Is that true as well? It is true. And I think slightly the most embarrassing part of the story is I have a backup camera. <laughs> I should be able to do this perfectly. <laughs> it's supposed to just make it simple, but obviously it hasn't. Right. Pretty soon, I'm going to imagine maybe one of the next purchases in the next few years, you just get like the automatic, like you push the button and you're just like, eh, done. Heck yes. That would that'd be jam. So that would be like probably fit in your uh, list of like these. This is the one of the most <laughs> memorable purchases. Right. But that reminds me of the what is it? The hatch alarm. Let Lay that out with those who don't know. what. Yes. That oh, my gosh. It's the best thing. I am obsessed with sleep and like making sure I get my ideally I like to get like nine hours of sleep every night. Cause I just know myself. I am not my best person if I don't have my sleep. And I found this alarm called the hatch alarm. And to me, it's the greatest thing ever because it helps you go to bed calmly. You tap on it and it sets like a 20, you can change the time in it, but ours is on 20 minutes and it slowly gets dimmer and dimmer as if the sun is going down. So it feels natural to your body. And then when you wake up, it has a I think mine is a half hour rise. So then it slowly gets brighter and brighter and it mimics the sun's light. So it's a red light. And then it helps your body naturally wake up either right before your alarm or as your alarm is going off and the alarm itself, you can choose the setting. You can choose what it sounds like. And ours is very peaceful, like birds chirping. And so I wake up in a very calm manner and relaxed manner. And to me, that's important. Starting my day off 
on the right mindset of calmness, because like I mentioned, I am that anxious person. And so if something is like beep, 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 wake up. Like that freaking submarine alarm from the <laughs> iPhone that just like, Ugh. Yes, I panic. I can't handle it. So the hatch, it's the bomb. You recommend it. 100%. It is worth every penny. It is by far the best investment that I've made in the last six months. And I think it was just over a hundred bucks. So it's not even like a huge investment, but it's worth it. I, I like it. And, uh, okay. So we're going to, we're going to start wrapping up, but as you were talking about leaving a toxic relationship, knowing your self-worth, things like that, what would be some of your advice to a young lady who's maybe in that same situation or a similar one or a young man? Mm -hmm. And, and what are some of the, the words of advice you'd give to someone in that situation? I would just look at her and rem- or him, remind them of who you are at your core. Your situation does not define you. Your circumstances do not define you. You define you. And you have the choice to change that narrative at any time. You are 100% responsible for your life. So it's up to you to make those changes and to take that leap. And on that journey, it's not easy. So give yourself grace because some days are going to be significantly easier than others. And other days are going to come in and they're going to hit you like, a wrecking ball and it's going to hurt. It's not going to feel good. You're going to feel, you're going to have those days where you kind of revert back to the same feelings that you had in that toxic environment. And that's okay too. just feel all the feelings and move forward. Yes, ma'am. And what, uh, where can people find you if they want to see you out in the universe, some Instagram, some podcasts, lay that all out there. Yes. So podcast. I am a co-host of the Obsessed with Humans on the Verge of Change podcast that is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and also on Instagram at tia.morell. It's T-I-A dot M-O-R-E-L-L and also can be found at on Instagram at crown underscore compass girls. Check it out. It's going to be meaningful and you won't forget Tia and the ladies. Uh, what else, what else, uh, you want to add before we get, get out of here? Um, uh, what else do I want to add? I think just letting people know that you can continue on your personal growth journey and still have fun and enjoy life, not take it too seriously, still while simultaneously working towards those goals. It's all about just being present, being here, being in the now. Yes. Enjoy your life, grow, be present. So tell your mama, tell your hubby, tell your sister too that Tia, you are the star and this show is for you. Bye.